Verizon brings you Pay It Forward Live, a weekly live stream featuring big names in entertainment to support small businesses. Tune in every Tuesday and Thursday on at Verizon's Twitter or Twitch, Yahoo and Fios Channel 501 at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Welcome to This Feels Terrible. I'm your host, Erin McGathy. Speaking of feeling terrible, uh, the world is a jumbled mess right now. Um, it looks like it's going to be that way for a while. So in the meantime, here's my podcast about relationships, feelings, heartbreak, my personal journey. I am recording this from Ireland. Um Right now, living in Ireland is bittersweet with the new presidency. I'm sure it doesn't shock you to hear that European countries like Ireland, especially Ireland, are very tied up with the United States. And Irish people are terrified for the same reasons that Americans are. And while I'm happy to be living in Ireland because I love the culture here, my partner's here, I love the adventure and challenge of moving to a new country, including... Um, learning small things that I thought I knew how to do, like lock doors, like the locks here are subtly different. Like is that and a myriad of other things that are just like new <laughs> lessons that is actually like a fun, it feels like living in a video game. Anyway, I, I do feel a little bit like I'm abandoning my country. Um, that said, I don't have narcissistic personality disorder. So I know that I'm not actually leaving America helpless, but I would like to be protesting with my fellow Americans. So please just know I am there in spirit and I am literally protesting over here because there are protests happening here. And I definitely don't feel alone in my fear and hatred of Donald Trump. Speaking of feeling less alone... Um, Melania looks so lonely in every picture I see of her. And I know I'm projecting, obviously. Uh, Melania and I aren't friends. She hasn't told me how she feels. You know, I don't actually know how all my friends feel because I'm not inside their hearts looking out. But God, she looks like she's held hostage in every photo I see of her and just seems to be treated like human cufflings by Donald Trump. In fact, today... Um, I was just doing this thing that I need to stop doing where I just walk into the city center of Dublin. And this this has nothing to do with Dublin and everything to do with me because I've done this in every city I've lived in. But I had so much to do today. This morning I had to do this interview thing. So I was in town and instead of going home and packing because I am moving again, um, it's actually a big move. Potty and I are moving in together, moving into a cottage that is 130 years old, thus completing my dream of living in a little cottage with a handsome man in Ireland. So I'm I'm done now for life. Um, I'm just kidding. Nothing makes me happy. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm very happy. Anyway, so instead of going home and packing, I just kind of wandered around and went window shopping, just aimlessly window shopping. And I don't even, I don't even think I like shopping. And while I'm out doing it, I just, I'm hating myself, but I'm, I was window shopping and listening to podcasts, uh, and, 
I was walking through the kitchen section of a department store and I saw a light blue kettle. And I noticed when I saw the kettle that my panic levels started shooting up out of nowhere. And I thought to myself, why is this kettle giving me an anxiety attack? And then I realized it's because it was Melania blue, as in it's the color that she wore to the inauguration and at their Super Bowl party. You know, she had that beautiful blue dress at the inauguration and then at, at their Super Bowl party, she was wearing this blue sweater. Anyway, it's Melania blue. It's the color of, of the fear of being trapped in a loveless marriage with a narcissist. So I, I didn't buy the kettle. I did want to rescue it from the store, but it was 80 euro and that's too much for a kettle. So I just left it there. Anyway, this week on the show, I have actor, comedian, writer, and ex-fling, Mr. Scott Rogers. We recorded this episode back in August at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and I was there uh, as I was uh, I was there, um, as maybe you know if you've listened to this podcast, doing my show Love You Loudly, and Scott was there directing uh, an awesome show called The Blind Date Project, where a different person came on a date with uh with the same actress every night. It was very cool, I thought. Um I mostly know Scott as an old friend from the UCB theater, but we also had a bit of a fling back in the day, the day being 2008-ish. Uh so we went to go see each other's shows. And after the show, I asked if I could interview him for this podcast, and I didn't realize before interviewing him that I maybe was still holding on to some residual hurt from years ago. Listening back to this interview, I can hear a little aggression in my voice and especially I can especially hear it in the way I start generalizing about men and women. We we also pull up our old Facebook messages from that time and we read those and it is mortifying. Um, and so stay tuned for that. Also, on a technical note, in the middle of the recording, my memory card became full. So we switched to recording on my iPhone, which actually sounds much better than you think. So good job, iPhone. Uh, anyway, here is my conversation with Mr. Scott Rogers, which ended up being really cathartic, and I hope you enjoy it. The little chocolate. Trying thing. to limit my sugar intake. Yeah. Trying to get fit. Good. It's the right place to do it in the Scottish city while you're on vacation. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, but you're going to soon. France, right? I oh, know you're going to Amsterdam right after this. Going to Sorry. London. London, okay. Four days, then I'll be in France for two weeks. Cool. We're not recording yet, are we? We are. But, you know. <laughs> I'm not doing that thing where, like, wait, are you recording? I don't know how many podcasts you listen to. But uh, yeah, I do find that kind of annoying. Um, but anyway, um, now we're recording. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, so you just ended an engagement. What's that like? Um, well, it's <laughs> my <sorry>. second one. <laughs> my, my, my joke there being that that would be like, that's such a rude way to start a mm-hmm. podcast. Uh, so to, but did I, you see how I just really I know. accepted it and yeah, dove so right it in? just made me sound like an asshole then. No, yeah. I, I, I hope that's not what happened. No, not at all. I hope it just immediately acclimates people to my extreme openness and willingness oh. to discuss anything, really. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. Cool. 
Yeah, it was um, a second engagement. Yeah. I asked two ladies to marry me. And each time, that's that's about kind of the high point in a way, I guess, uh, as far as society is concerned. And then slowly dissolves after that. Never quite made it to the wedding. Right. Do you mean high point as in like like hype, like fever pitch of romance? Or your own personal high? Or what do you mean? Just well, like they were you, different, you, felt, you felt approved of by society with, by getting engaged? Because there is that thing. It's a weird thing where you're like, oh, you're getting married. You're doing the right thing. Yeah, exactly. I, that's what I think I mean. I. Mm-hmm. Because obviously there's always ups and downs. And yeah, again, each experience was a different experience. Right. But yeah, I've always, for most of my life, never been a person who was like, I want to get married. And for a long time growing Could've up. Could have fooled me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. But no, I, I understand. Uh, but go on. You're not somebody who saw yourself like you didn't. You weren't one of those little boys that drew wedding wedding corsages I on. I, <laughs> you didn't have I, I a was wedding drawing chest. anarchy signs on my binders in right. whiteout. Yeah, and sniffing the whiteout, <laughs> and listening to no effects and sure, just. I was into punk rock, and so mm-hmm. I was very much fa- fancy myself anti-establishment, and saw weddings, uh, you know, marriage yeah, is just yeah. like, why is the government going to get involved in my life? Yeah. Wait, what made you want to get married the first time? The first time, um, the gal I was with. Uh, I'll leave names out, I guess. Sure, right? yeah. Do whatever. People want to research me; they can figure it out. <laughs> um, first time I was living with my girlfriend, and then I, she was like pretty successful professionally, like mm-hmm. did well. I always, often have struggled in my jobs, finances, you know, like up and down, and it was a source of insecurity for me for a long time, and. I think in many ways I never felt totally confident or comfortable in the relationship. And I had this, I have many harebrained schemes, and I think sometimes the engagements are harebrained schemes. You know, you get wrapped up in these ideas, and it seems like the only idea at the time that makes sense. And for me, it was like, I'm going to get my own place. Yeah. It'll be smaller, I can afford it, but I'll pay it all myself, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll... Start small, but it'll be mine, and right. that's yours, and that's mine. This and is this is you were living together, and then you decided that you yeah, wanted to move out. Yeah, because I just moved into her place, right? And like, quite frankly, her it was like a big, nice apartment, and like, yeah, to pay half the rent was like not quite where I was at. Did, do you think that like threatened your masculinity a little bit? I think it must have. Yeah, you know, and uh, and what do you, and what do you think about that? Do you think that's fucked up that that comes into play like that? Do you think that's societal pressure where it's like, I must be a man. I must. I don't know if it's fucked up because I am a male. And so I have a lot of masculine energy (laughs) in me and that's just the way it is. And I think that's okay. I don't think the goal is to like get rid of it yeah get rid of it right but the connection to like needing to be as successful or more successful whereas women don't feel that pressure there's a there's an old saying which i don't i don't know how much i believe in this but that uh that 
that women settle down when they fall in love and men settle down when they are ready. Ready meaning like secure. And then it's just like whoever yeah. they, that, that, that saying implies that like whoever they meet during that time when they feel uh, financially secure and secure in their career and everything is that's the person. As opposed to like, like women don't connect the two things as much because they don't feel the pressure to provide for someone else. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I think it is a case by case thing, but there are generalities that happen. But um, I read a book called. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks for being on the podcast. Goodbye. That's why. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I'm in, a, I'm in a bit of a cheeky mood. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Sorry, go on. You I, read a book. The last thing I'll do is censor anything that you're doing. I'm here to <laughs> serve in the expansion of <laughs> you and your brand and your your power as a voice and a person and a that's, female. <laughs> that's such a sweet thing. I hope you please remember that sentence because it that it really makes me feel so good. I'm here to serve in your expansion as a like that's such a like it's a sweet look this is who I am, okay? Like I'm not some fucking person who's not like this. I am like this. You know, I'm. No, I know, and maybe we'll talk about what it. What are you maybe adjusting? We'll, uh, well, I could. Are we okay? Oh yeah, we're good. We're all good. No, I'm a little in the back of my head. I'm like, well, I we don't haven't know. said who I am. We don't know any. Oh of well, stuff. I, you'll, I, you'll, I you'll, introduce you. Yeah. You cut all this. Oh, you do. Great. I think your mic is. Oh my there's god, a, we gotta be getting everything here. Oh no, we are. Yeah. No, there's just a moment. It's still there. Hello, hello. Gold here. Yeah. Uh, no, we're good. Let me just make sure that this is all. Yeah, no, we're good. Oh, okay. Perfect. You fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, no, I'm going to talk about all this stuff. Uh, we're talking about masculinity. I read a book called The Way of the Superior Man, <laughs> okay. which at first here, which Seems is like a Jim Belushi joint. I'm sure it's not, but I'm just saying. Jim Belushi? Yeah. As in John Belushi's brother. Yes. Who's a, who's of course. A, one of my favorite actors. <laughs> He's my favorite comedian. He wrote a uh, he wrote a book called Real Men Don't Say Sorry. Oh, uh, and he's infamously a pile of oh, shit. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Well, that's that's according to Jim. <laughs> that was the show he was on, right? Yeah. A way of the superior man, and it's it sounds very much like a a, a mem- meninist or what do you call that? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> meminist. Uh, but it's like uh, it's as in like to be superior among men. In the sense of like, it's really about like masculine energy, feminine mm-hmm. energy, and some of the predominant qualities of that. Obviously, like men and women uh, have both, mm-hmm. but um, often males have more masculine and females have more feminine, and it's it's fluid and it's everything, and that's mm-hmm. great. But um, what I'm trying to get to is basically like uh, in the book, it talks about how like masculine and men like their purpose in life is like they have a to get stuff and to like mm. provide their work right. and their purpose is yeah, like yeah. the job I do and not even just provide but just like they have a quest mm-hmm. and they have a purpose like I'm going to go here and conquer this and do this and that's what how a, a man can often be driven and a feminine energy is shopping well is <laughs> Like I'm kidding. the the relate a relationship mm. and what that can entail as far as yeah like homesteading and you know the whole mm-hmm. you know hunter gatherer or creating a family nesting thing uh-huh. you know and like and I think that that happens you know and I think in our relationship 
it bred a lot of creativity. We made a film together, and yeah, like, there was I saw a lot it. Of, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> I, a truth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. Like after a show, someone's like, "I saw your show." Exactly. Great. And you pause. <laughs> no, I, I I I remember liking it. I saw I saw it a long time ago. Sure. It came out a while ago, right? It's pretty good. Yeah. It's like for a first movie, I'm totally fine with it. It's uh, I'm not embarrassed to show it, and I think that's a a feat for mm-hmm. a first film. Yeah. The, to direct and be in. And I was also watching it through the lens of knowing you, which is a weird way to watch a movie yeah. objectively. Yeah, it's it's somewhat autobiographical. You know, mm-hmm. it's a little too close to life sometimes. But uh, And you guys made it when you were engaged. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was like instead of get, having a wedding, we <laughs> right. made a movie. Right, right. As you know, you're no stranger to the production of a wedding. wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I moved out into this place, the back house, West Hollywood, back room Mm -hmm. in a house for $800 a month at Sally's house. And Mm -hmm. Sally worked at Trader Joe's, was a single mom, had a young son. Great gal. Um, Grew weed in the backyard. All right. And... uh, Gave me a lot of weed. Um, and I never stayed there. I still would right. stay at my ex-girlfriend's house and just, like, didn't Did totally you, see that through. But right. then, like... Did you really think that, like, you would... Because it's a step backwards. Like, you guys are engaged well, exactly. and then for and moving think, out, like... No, and we how, weren't engaged. Was, we weren't oh, engaged okay. at the time. Oh, I see. Okay. We weren't engaged. We're writing this movie, you know? Right, yeah. And uh, in my head, I was like, well, I got to do this for me so I can do this for us. Mm-hmm. And, like... So I can be a, a full man, and you know, yeah. and then I was like, um, she was obviously like, "What are you doing? This mm-hmm. seems like a step backwards." And her dad yeah. was like, "This seems like a step backwards." And obviously, it just seems like a step backwards. By first assessment, that's what it seems like it is. Right. And uh, and so I was like. Here we go. What I'm gonna do to show her how committed I am. Right. Okay. Because we the whole time we were like we're in love. We're mm-hmm. doing this. We're yeah. going all the way. We're having kids. We're loving it. We're we're fucking flying away here. Yeah. And uh, and so I was like I'm gonna ask her to marry me. So then she'll know that I'm. I mean business. Right. But you weren't actually super hyped on the idea of marriage, even though you loved her and well, wanted I to w- be with her forever. Yeah, you know, but it's like, like you like personally, I bought, I, I bought with some of my money and some of my parents' money, bought an engagement ring mm-hmm. that was like fine, and like I always hated diamonds, right? Yeah, I just hate what they. Sure, the, of course. The whole yeah. thing about it, you know, understandable. And, and yet I find myself doing it anyway, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, we're weird, and uh, and so. Fucking bought this ring. I flew to New York. I wrote this letter on the plane, handwritten letter, walking around with her at night when I got there. I sat down on some nothing bench with homeless people around us and I read this letter. And the letter ended with, Will you marry me? Hmm. She was not expecting this. Yeah. She later told me she said yes because she didn't want to break up. Right. You know? That's weird. And you proposed because you didn't want to break up and you wanted her to right. know. Yeah. It's such I a just, fucked up thing, the whole idea of a proposal anyway, I think. I think it's weird. And it's also like, 
I don't know. I know that like love, a lot of quote unquote love is hysteria, mm-hmm. and it's like biological things that take over, much mm-hmm. like being in relationships. And I think that cut to my second engagement, you know, like <laughs> I made a lot of life changes. I stopped drinking. I, you know, I was doing right. all this stuff, working on myself. And with was, your with your first engagement, like how did that end? Why did that end? I think it ended because, well, we went to counseling, we did all this stuff, we like tried to make it work, I moved out again, right? back into the house I lived in before I lived with her. Camp Hollywood. Camp Hollywood, everyone knows. <laughs> Colton, you know? Yeah, like. yeah. And so, January 2014, moved back in, and uh, was like... I don't know, like, I've always drank a lot, smoked a lot of weed, you know? I would always, and my ex uh, is a very driven person, you know? And, like, mm-hmm. can drink or smoke, but take take it or leave it. Doesn't do it a lot. Very yeah, yeah. wonderfully driven person. And, mm-hmm. and I'm driven in my own way, too. But I, for me, like, the drinking and the smoking and the drug doing started taking more and more energy and I think mm-hmm. like it started taking over more and more of my moods and my thinking and um, more than I realized and I think it bothered her but I sort of again in the power struggle was like let me be me when yeah. really like it boiled down to sort of like sneaking around and <laughs> right. being high and pretending not to be high and you know That's just weird yeah. childy kind of stuff mm-hmm. moved back into my old house and just kind of took a dive frankly and uh isolating a lot and so like for a couple weeks it was like oh great we, we're we're rekindling our relationship and mm-hmm. I think I slowly descended into drinking and doing drugs all the time and sitting in my room and sort of paranoid of life and not doing much and yeah and uh, became an issue for me and it became an issue where I was like I can't not do this but I don't want to mm-hmm. do it and so I sought some help and uh, made some changes and uh, that's been a an amazingly life-altering experience for me and it's been maybe you yeah. know like I've been sober a little maybe two and a half years almost and uh, it's totally changed my whole thing you know and yeah. the clarity you feel more and, like yourself it's interesting what you're saying about um, yeah it ruling your thoughts and your yeah and I I feel more myself and I and I'll just chime in also with I recently started taking uh, like an anti-anxiety, anti-depressant, mm. like the generic Zoloft, right? Right. And I've never, I've always hated big pharma. I've always hated all that stuff. <laughs> sure. But I got my free insurance and I just, in sobriety, I was like exercising, meditating, doing, eating well and mm-hmm. healthy, healthy. But I still was super anxious. Yeah. You know, if I hear a car honk, I like chest pain you know yeah I was just like, which is interesting because is... I wouldn't think of you as like an anxious person but I guess I've known you through like so much self-medication with like weed and whatever right. else yeah yeah and there's a reason yeah yeah for that sure. yeah, of course. <laughs> there's a reason someone wakes up and smokes weed every day they tell themselves it's because they're a bohemian and it's their identity mm-hmm. and their culture but when you don't do that there's you know and I, I think my family and my siblings and you know I look at anxiety levels that we have and yeah yeah it's a lot yeah 
And so, whatever, I'm just chiming in, too, that I fucking started taking... It's okay if I curse, right? <laughs> no. Is this a religious podcast? <laughs> no, it is not uh, a religious podcast. Yeah, I... Uh, that changed my life, too. You know, like, my anxiety levels went from, like, 10 to 2, and I, I gotta say yeah. I recommend it to people. It's just sort of like, I feel more myself. I was worried, and I think it must happen, and then people talk about how a lot of medication, different for bigger things, like can really mess you up and like numb you out but like whatever it is that I'm taking just took this thing that I always thought was me but is not me it's just overwhelming irrational fear that's chemically dominant in my brain yeah and body and it's just not really there anymore as much and so what's left I feel like is me I feel like my heart and my passion and my genuineness, you know, and I'm still me, obviously, and I still fuck up and do weird shit every day, you know, I'm a very (laughs) weird, obsessive person, Mm. even in love and sex and stuff like that, you know, but uh, talking a lot. <laughs> what else? That, no, what else you good. got? Is that the point of this? <laughs> that you <laughs> sort of dump all my shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, please. Do. So uh, I hope it helps somebody. Yeah, and then okay. So then, then what made you in your last relationship? How long were you guys together before you decided to get engaged? This last one. Yeah, and what was the? It's pretty quick. Yeah, you know, it was like I think after a big breakup. I wonder if you experienced a similar thing, like. A month can feel like a year, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. so you feel like you've been out of it for a long time, and maybe yeah. you really haven't. But uh, I got out of the first relationship and was like getting sober, and uh, well, I think especially for men, like there's, it's seen as weakness, like dealing with that shit for the amount of time that you probably need to deal with it before you can yeah. move on to something else. Like it's like, ah, oh, man, like just fuck somebody else, and then you're fine, right? Yeah. Get your sea legs back. <laughs> your sea legs back. That's what my buddy did. Your C-U-N-T said. legs? Yeah. Ah, okay. No. <laughs> I love how fluidly people say cunt over here. Yeah, yeah. They're, it's so Do you genuinely away. love it? I kind of genuinely love it. Yeah, it's, funny, it's yeah. great. Yeah. I love so much about being out here. Yeah, I like it too. I want to not go back. Really? That's my current goal because I, I don't yeah. live anywhere right now. Yeah, I moved thing. out. About a month before coming here, mm-hmm. I moved out of where I was living. Uh, I acted in a movie and just slept on people's couches, mm-hmm. flew out here, and then for the next at least two months, I won't be back in L.A. And uh, it's my current quest to maybe never come back. Interesting. Do you feel... I'm going to ask you the questions that I like ask myself. Yes. Do you feel like you're running away from stuff? Um, or what makes you want to stay out here? I don't. I, you know, I grew up in Southern California. Yeah. Like you. Mm-hmm. And I've been based in L.A. for like 12 years, just about. And so I'm a 35-year-old person. I've lived in Southern... You know, I've seen yeah. places... This is my first time in Europe. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So as we speak, Edinburgh is still the only European city I've been to. Really? Yeah. Okay, interesting. After this, I'm going... To a bunch, you know, London, going to France, Barcelona, uh, Vienna, Germany, wherever I can get to. Yeah, yeah. But um, because I have another month to kind of bounce around and work on some stuff, and uh, 
things are just really great and I do feel like like my parents have never been to Europe mm. and that's just kind of the you know some of the culture I grew up in and they, they you know they do th- you know they do things and see things obviously but like yeah. I think it's if you have the ability to and this is just the time that it's taken for me you know like yeah. I don't live anywhere I, I'm pretty just, fortunate yeah. that like I have a couple like jobs that are lining up and things where I can be mobile and so it's mm-hmm. like you get a taste and you start going like okay well this is amazing and how how far can I go and how you know like you start yeah. racking off racking off like well India Tibet mm-hmm. you know yeah, like yeah. Thailand Asia every, <laughs> Thailand the country of Asia you know <laughs> All, <laughs> uh, uh. Japan you know yeah. like where I want to go places. Yeah. And I don't think that's running. I think that's like I feel like it's running. Up. For me it's it's running towards something. Like I because I, I, I because I just went through this divorce and I know right. that I don't know. I've I can see how the perception would be like okay, you got divorced and now you're trying to live in Ireland. That seems like you're trying to escape things, but the the thing is, like, I went to Ireland and I just felt I didn't really believe in this idea of like, well, this is not really a, an expression, but it's my expression, which is Soul City. Like, I feel <laughs> like after traveling a bunch, and I and I grew up traveling a lot, and I lived overseas. Cool. But I but mostly Southern California. Yeah. And I've never felt like at home in Southern California. I hate the sun. Mm. I like I've never <laughs> I've never said ever like, oh, it's hot enough for me to wear blank. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean you met me like almost 10 years ago. You've like, never I've, said that? You've I've never, never s- said that. <laughs> I've never worn a tank top. Like I'm always wearing dresses and tights, like even when it's like super hot outside. I met you just about 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I've always, like, I've worn, like, I've, like, I'm wearing the same clothes here that I wore back in Southern California. But right. back in Southern California, people would be like, why are you wearing that? Sure. And I was like, well, but I like, I feel comfortable this way. And I like... I, mean, I like all the history of everything, and um, I like the culture. And it's not that I don't like the culture of Southern California, but I kind of don't a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm very much over LA. Um, being in a relationship with somebody who's so successful, and then seeing that they are just as depressed as my most depressed person mm-hmm. from time to time. Not saying that Dana's depressed sure, or sure, whatever, sure. but. Uh, I think so much Dan Rather, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 it was married to uh-huh. Dan Rather, yeah. Uh, but the the only thing that was making me happy in LA before it was like the chase of this goal and like the dream of that goal and then when yeah. you're with somebody who's like there and you realize that that really doesn't have anything to do with people's happiness, then it's like, "Oh, okay. Well, this is yeah, I'm disillusioned." Um but yeah, I love I love it over here. I think it's great. And I think it especially like as people from Southern California, because it is so different from Southern California, mm. it's it's really romantic. Maybe more romantic than it might be for somebody from Boston, which has a lot of history for mm-hmm. an American city. Sure. You know, yeah, like we're yeah. from a place where, like, yeah. oh, I I saw the first islands go up in this shopping center in two thousand and one. Mm-hmm. Like that's the kind of history. 
And what's up with islands? How come they only have the big <laughs> basket of fries? <laughs> you don't like what their if, basket of fries? I, what, <laughs> I eat alone a lot. Uh, okay. It's too many fries. <laughs> I love you're it's eating like alone solo at, eating at island. shaming. <laughs> I love their ranch dressing at islands. I'm from Orange County, man. I've eaten alone at an island. <laughs> <laughs> I have also eaten alone at an islands. I don't know why I'm Is like... Is that true? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're part of an elite club. <laughs> I have, uh, and I've been like, oh, I'm going to write. Yeah, at like, islands. You wrote at an island. I did write at Dude, an island. <laughs> I can't handle that. That's too much. <laughs> Pulled out a laptop. Like no, no, I had a notepad. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interior. <laughs> Office day. Let's do this. Oh, uh, can I get you another two ca- two can pina colada? Yeah. Uh, yes, thank you. I'm Just in the middle of a very important shit face at islands. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah. It's in and Torrance. <laughs> Torrance. It's all Torrance. I mean, that's LA County. Um, no, but I, I just couldn't think of a funnier name. Uh, no, Torrance is 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 good. I don't. City you know, yeah, it's like I don't. It's hard not to become that person that like leaves the U.S. and then goes like, "Man, Europe's so much better." And <laughs> but it's like it's just kind of yeah. you know. And there's ways that it's true, and I think that's just. Yeah. People got to deal with whatever their reaction to that is. It's sort sure, of like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't handle the, tr- the expat thing. Sorry, go on. What do you mean? Like the. I don't like the stereotypical identity of an expat. Like I don't really uh-huh. identify with that, and I don't think that I'll ever be that. I also, with it, with with how we're all so connected via the internet, I don't right. feel like I'm leaving everything behind. Well, that's part of it for me is. You walk well. We're also in the Fringe, which is like the biggest arts festival in the world. And so yeah. you walk around. There's people performing in every on the street, everywhere, and it's yeah, just yeah. this amazing, wonderful energy of people who just live for their art and performance. And it's an amazing totally. thing, very inspiring. It's been so great, but uh, it's you get on Facebook and you just go like, "What are you talking about? Why does <laughs> why?" And just like, what's the energy of that? Right. What's what you, the energy like, what of? You, what do you mean? Like, of, what kind of? Of things? you know, political things sure. and just like Trump is this or Clinton. You know, it's just sort of <laughs> like everyone's shooting each other. It's just sort of like yeah. I don't know. Like that. I mean, that is like. That really, I didn't realize that was such a big thing until I tried to move to Dublin and like walking around Dublin, I realized how frequently walking around in LA, I'm worried about getting shot. And like when I like walking around by myself in Dublin, I'm like, oh God, I don't want to get shot. And then I'm like, oh, there are no guns here. Like the only guns are owned by like the gangs and they just shoot at each other, which is still terrible. But like the cops don't have guns. Like people don't get shot. Like like, innocent bystanders don't get shot. Oh, it's like that. I don't, a wonderful thing. Yeah. I could get stabbed, but I don't you know. think about getting shot or getting you know. You may killed. realize that you did think about that. If you start living somewhere, right. you might think I like, "Oh, I feel safe because I know no one has a gun here." Even in the like one, I, you know, I am a white guy, and so unfortunately, that just changes the energy of my risk, you know, yeah. of getting shot either by a cop or you know, I, I mean by a cop. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, my thing is, if I'm going to get shot or am I going to get killed in a terrorist attack, 
Okay. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> Not, you know, it's going to happen sure. if it's going to happen. Well, I don't, what am yeah. I, what am I worrying about? You but know? like, if, <laughs> I mean, but those things are very different. Like in a terror, I mean, well, I don't know. My relationship with those things is different. Like with a terrorist attack, like what are you going to do? Um, but yeah, with the gun thing, like walking around, you're more likely to get shot if you're walking around by yourself in Los Angeles. Mm. At sure. night or whatever, yeah. you know, than you are if you're just if you're walking around in a European city or. If I'm gonna whatever. get shot walking around alone, I'd rather my last thought be something that I've decided to think about and enjoy than I hope I don't get shot. Of course, I'm not saying that my <laughs> my every thought walker. I'm just saying like you know, fleeting. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> you're gonna die at some point. Who cares? <sighs> well, you're I, gonna get shot. You're gonna fall over. Whatever. You know. Well, there's also who cares. I, <laughs> I also in Dublin. There's no worries, like, bro. <laughs> um, I also think about like getting raped by gunpoint. You know, like that sort and you're of really thing. Into that. Oh, and I fucking love it. <laughs> it gets That's me what you think. So excited, and really, the shame is that I can't get as turned on in Ireland because I know people don't have guns, right. and I'm like, if I'm, am I just gonna be like raped, raped without the yeah, fun of the gun? Run of the mill. <laughs> yeah, you were you were sitting in the most ridiculous no way. No one right can see. It's a podcast, okay? It's not funny. They can't see it. You, you look like you look I'm, like a cartoon, like Italian statue, but you're holding your cup of tea, yeah. so it looks like. Well, when we venture into whatever, I, I, I don't even want to talk about it. Rape what? is not. Oh, oh. It is. Oh, but this is, is the, not, yeah. No, know, of course. No, it's a terrible fucking. I'm not awful the person thing. to. I'm not an authority on it. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're not an authority <laughs> on it. I'm uh I've never been a very uh aggressive sexual partner I don't think. <laughs> I think I'm pretty like will I'm I'm like always at the ready to be like uh, uh let you If I'm in a relationship and you're, we, you're all about consent is what you're saying. Yeah, too much almost I think. Really? Well, I think that, you know, like, it is, you can be a little too fragile as a man, and there's a certain, unfortunately, like... You're really, really into this gender binary after your... I guess so. Yeah. Well, let's... Well, don't get me wrong. I definitely believe that all of existence is just one thing. I don't... I think <laughs> the... the illu I think that form is an illusion. Sure. And uh, gender is merely a, a, a temporal expression with different qualities of the same dharma as in different infinite shades of light and dark that yeah i just makes wonder, up consciousness i wonder existence. how much i wonder how much of that pressure for men to be on a quest as you said and women to uh, nurture a relationship i wonder how much of that is societal pressure and how much of that is actually biological yeah, well, I I think I have a good amount of feminine energy in me. Yeah. I think that I, I... I feel like I have a good amount of male energy. Yeah, and I think I attract gals that uh, have a good amount of masculine energy, you know? I think both of my exes have mm. a good amount, and I oh, love yeah, so it. I'm very attracted to it. Yeah. What? Well, tell me... Well, you know, when women are ovulating, that's when they have, like, the most... Uh, I'm pretty sure this is right. Maybe this isn't right. Uh, and I'm sorry if I'm saying this wrong. But I'm pretty sure that when women are ovulating, which is when they are at their, quote-unquote, sexiest, where our mm -hmm. faces actually become more um, symmetrical and our voices become higher... Yep. 
we have more testosterone running through us. Like wow. it's because testosterone makes everyone want to have sex. Yes. And so like that's like. And then we were telling like a guy that like no I don't I'm not I'm not gay I don't want to have testosterone no but like no everybody has testosterone it's an actual yeah, thing yeah. and everyone has estrogen so so fuck you who <laughs> I don't know uh-huh. <laughs> collective but yeah I think I'm a pretty like I I'm attracted to I don't know you know women that are confident and not that masculinity is confidence it's not it's it's uh they just have a nice balance i mean like they like they're not afraid to like i don't know like i like funny women who are going after something you know like that have a purpose you know because that's that's what i'm into speaks more to your confidence in yourself than like your like personal like predilections what do you mean i mean um I think a man, well, speaking from experience and not from science, but I think that men who are insecure in their own abilities or masculinity wouldn't mess with a female comedian or a mm. woman that was like going after something really hard because they would take it personally and feel like that's nice. It threatened their masculinity. Yeah, I love, I love me a, a driven woman <laughs> with vision I and almost- passion and like. I was thinking about it beforehand. I was going to bring up people. Everyone's got to do, you know, do something here. Everyone's got to do it. You know, whatever you should. Uh, whatever your job is, still just like get into your heart. Yeah. And go like, what do you love, man? Get excited <laughs> about something. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, and uh-huh. I've had a, I've had enough fear to ask you. Okay, so <laughs> so. We were we were recording on my Zoom recorder, and my memory card un- unexpectedly became full. So right now, Scott and I are sitting. <laughs> we're down the street. We're sitting in a in an alleyway in a corner. Yeah, it's like construction corner. Yeah. Face, facing the wall. Yeah, we're, fa- <laughs> we're facing the wall for sound's sake. And uh, we missed some of what we recorded. So just to recap. Um, good stuff. It was really good. <laughs> I uh, I brought up how S- Scott and I had like a thing in 2008, uh-huh. and how <laughs> I stumbled across these Facebook messages, which I haven't read through, but we'll read them through. And then we also said how we were at the Del Close Marathon together, and we had sex in the room that he was sharing with Joe Hertzler. And like Joe Hertzler heard us having sex, and it was like annoying, right? Saying full names. <laughs> yeah, he, he'll be so one of his favorite memories of his life, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. so what I have in front of me are these Facebook messages, and just to re- so so my memory of this, and I don't actually remember specifics, but I remember that I really liked you, and mm-hmm. there was a point where you said, "I think we should, ju- I think we should stop hanging out." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like we just <laughs> we would like get together and just have sex essentially but then like I think I started to like you and so we talk no we no, talk <laughs> I well yeah just for the record I I don't remember I didn't remember it keeps going yeah yeah I yeah this is all I didn't remember any of this <laughs> to me in my mind it was just sort of a like 
hey, we all just kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. easy come, easy go. Well, that'll, that'll, <laughs> these Facebook messages yeah, will yeah. fly in the face of that memory. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. Okay. So I'll read for myself. Um, so this You'll is play you and I'll, I'll play, play me. Yeah. Okay. So this is July 25th, 2008. And this is after you said that we shouldn't hang out. And I had just run into you. Oh, <laughs> this is, this we're is, actively campaigning for Barack Obama to win. Right. Yeah. And this is, uh, the United States. this is right. Okay. This is, I had seen, I had run into you at UCB. I had already said, you already said that you didn't think that we face? should. Um, I don't remember. Okay. Actually, I don't think so. I think like we had made after, like a Hey Uncle Gary show. <laughs> <laughs> I think there were plans to hang out, and then you said, "Oh, actually, I don't think we should hang out." Oof. Something like that. Yeah, brutal. Yeah, and then I ran into you, and like things were weird. Like you weren't as like affectionate, that sort of oh, thing. Oh God, what a dick. <laughs> so this is well. Let's. I mean, let's see. I don't think I come across great in this either. So no, we're we're doing great. This is July twenty fifth, two thousand eight. So, dot 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 dot. <laughs> I don't want things to be weird between us. It felt weird when I saw you last night. Dash, dash, dash. And I'm not sure why. And then in parentheses, though I can make a hundred, I can make a hundred assumptions. Dash, dash, dash. Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest with you. Dash, dash, dash. I think you're a cool guy, and I like you. <laughs> I don't throw myself at people. Searing honesty. Yeah, I know. Can you can you believe it? Um, cool guy. You're a cool guy. So uh -huh. dumb. Okay. Right. I'll let you. I don't throw myself at people, nor do I sleep around, which is weird, like slut shaming myself. Also, uh -huh. yeah, nor do I sleep around. I legit like you. Uh -huh. Enough to send you this dumb Facebook message. But I don't want there to be weirdness when I see you. Definitely. So, yeah. You know what I mean. I feel like I'm in, I'm in middle school. Penny for your thoughts? So embarrassing. Aaron. I love that waiting for Guffman reference. Uh, <laughs> And then here comes me, uh, <laughs> in all my glory. Yeah, I know what you mean. All lowercase. Oh, of course. Uh, casual. Uh, it did feel kind of weird when I saw you Wednesday. Dot, dot, dot. As far <laughs> as where I am at with all this, I like you too. But I'm in no place to start a relationship. <laughs> it's just not what I want right now. And I... H-O-P-W, hope, um, misspelling here, we can still be friends and artistic peers. <laughs> In parentheses, that sounded lame. Uh, dot, dot, dot. Self-aware. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because even if you aren't looking for a relationship either, what? I know that if we kept seeing each other and hooking up, it would turn into something and someone would get hurt. <laughs> what a fucking weirdo. So I hope my response isn't too lame. But that's where I'm at with it right now. What do you think? <laughs> and I have thoughts. It turns out I had thoughts. <laughs> Uh, I'm laughing to myself. I, I doubt I was laughing to myself. <laughs> also, what a creepy thing. Uh, I'm laughing to myself. I'm laughing to myself, thinking about the what if of me sending you a message back in response to what do you think? That would read, 
No, I reject that. Maybe that, what? Oh God, this is so embarrassing. Uh, maybe that's not funny, but what if I rejected everything you said in your message? I've been up for like 20 hours and just got back from the zoo with two little boys. I'm a little delirious, because <laughs> I was a nanny. Yeah? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ha, anyway, jokes that don't make sense aside, I am really happy that you sent that you sent that message because I do want to be your friend and I don't want to ignore each other or be awkward around each other when there's no need to be. That's totally lame and we are older than that. <laughs> older than that, yeah. Um, uh, I really want to be your friend for like real. <laughs> so hopefully us being physical with each other won't sabotage that. We've only been hooking up for a week so I think we're cool. What? <laughs> what was... Oh, because... Okay. Yeah, this was pre Oh, Okay, yeah, there was like a research. Yes, the ins and outs here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so this is pre actually we had a okay. week, a torrid week, and then right. we're like, oh, yeah. let's just, uh. Yeah. And then we were both in New York and then oh, just like, and then had sex in front of Joe Hartzler. Just in front of Joe. Not in front of him. No, for his viewing pleasure underneath, <laughs> underneath <him>. Joe Hartzler. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was just full blown. I think there was just more, uh, not that we need to <laughs> Full blown. Okay, I agree with you. It wasn't like we were full on rocking the lower bunk. I think we were trying to be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> we were respectful. Which was cool. Uh, I, I agree with you about the natural progression of things, and ultimately, my self-esteem is high enough that in the end, I wouldn't be satisfied with just an F buddy. <laughs> I mean it when I said I like you, and even though I am so guarded, oh God, so dumb, I know I, okay, even though I am so guarded against having a boyfriend right now, not true. <laughs> not true at all. I'm not true at all. I'm so guarded. I'm so guarded. It's just hard for me to open up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like I've had a boyfriend since I was 16. Yeah. Uh, true. Um, except that if I continued to hook up with you, I would develop a monstrous crush that couldn't be stopped. Great. Uh, so thank you for putting Very me... Common. Putting that into clear <laughs> thoughts in your message. I am able to have a multitude of solid platonic male friends whom I adore. I would love to call you my friend. Am I writing too much? Yes. Yes, I am. Finally, I think you're... Oh, God. This is so... so but fine. Uh, <laughs> you so you pulled it away uh, <laughs> But like... Yeah, because the last sentiment is like... But like, if you want to still want to have sex, that's cool. <laughs> but I said, finally, I think you're really handsome. And I can't promise that I won't flirt up a storm with you when I'm toasting. <laughs> And then I said final thoughts question mark. Like you already gave uh, your final thoughts. What more thoughts? What more thoughts could you have? Well, by the way, but you had more was, thoughts. All of this was preempted by me going, let's not see each other. Yeah, exactly. Hey, this all sounds wonderful for me. <laughs> I'm glad that we're in discussion about this one. I want to be your good friend and I want you flirt a whole storm up when you are toasty. I will do the same, I'm sure. Also, I agree the F-Buddy thing doesn't usually work and it be can become depressing. I was thinking of doing Not Too Shabby tonight. <laughs> I'm scared of it because I have no sketch or stand-up experience, so I think I might make myself do something tonight. Wow. So Not you, Too Shabby is wow. a sketch show. It used this to be, the, yeah. the wow. first time? Wow. Wow. <laughs> Little, look at us! Look at look at this! Uh, you going to UCB tonight, or do you have other plans? P.S. I think you are girl handsome. That means really pretty and hot and stuff. Okay. Let's. I think we can stop there. Maybe. Okay. 
Then we just start talking about not too shabby. Yeah. Wow. Uh, my my huge wow. messages after that. Uh, yeah. It goes on and on here. It goes on. What's our last our last exchange? It says, hi, Scott. I'm, it's 2010. I'm asking you about being on an RSVP list, but I don't know what it is. And then you said you are plus one. But I have no idea what that's about. I bet it's uh, my birthday. Ah. Oh. September 29th is my birthday. Oh, okay. No? Yeah. <clears throat> Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> no. So how was that for you? <laughs> um... Unsurprising, but like, ugh. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's funny looking back at those messages and being like, you know, clearly like wasn't really saying what I wanted. Uh-huh. And then I was also, but wanted so much information and was trying to like get information without being honest about the information that I wanted. So that's like a little cringy. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel? I was struck by, I don't know, like, it felt like, yeah, it felt like two people saying things that people say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This is, these are things that I've heard other people say. Yeah. And I don't really know what I'm doing or talking about or yeah. how to deal or yeah, yeah, how yeah. to feel. Yeah. But these are the phrases right. that I've heard around. Yes. And I'm trying them out yeah. in this situation. Yeah, I don't situation. want a boyfriend. Yeah. And I, like, of course yeah, I like, don't want a boyfriend. What a like, shameful thing. Yeah, just like, I don't, I don't, but, yeah, I don't, yeah, that's kind of all I can really think of with it, yeah, Yeah, because I remember the first time we kind of had a thing, we went dancing, do you remember, we took a cab, yes, went to this, like, they were like BMX bicycle guys, and it was like, yeah, it was in like a Latin club, yeah, it was on, um, kind of just west of Vermont, um, Hollywood, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you're like, let's go dancing. I was like, all right, great. You yeah, know, yeah. Like, so we had just met a little bit ago, and yeah, then we had an evening, and uh, that was an interesting time for me, like, because I had just moved into Camp Hollywood, and I, and I lived in this tiny room. Yeah, you I remember. You that tiny yeah. room? Yeah. Because I, I had lived, I was living with a girlfriend, that was like it was maybe six months. We broke the lease. It wasn't great. I hadn't. I didn't know where I was going. I was taking improv classes. Um, I was in 401 with Billy Merritt, and uh, <laughs> I had just met Colton through Heather uh, Campbell, and uh, I heard that he was looking for a roommate. Right, and they yeah. filled the room already. They found a roommate, but then. I went up to him. I didn't know that, and I, I was like, "Hey, man!" And you know, I don't have anywhere to go. And he just kind of took a look at me and was like, "I got a place for you." And there was this tiny bedroom next to his bedroom. Yeah. And he was like, "You can pay me three, four hundred bucks, whatever." And I moved in there, and that began this whole new chapter of my life, you know. And yeah. Like within weeks, I like auditioned and got on the Herald team and got into this whole UCP thing, and then that yeah, yeah. sort of like. And I met you, and we all, you know, there was that whole kind of yeah, yeah, little 
world that we all inhabited for, you know, the 2008 really to 2011. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, it was the best. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, legit, like, that was, because I didn't go to college, you know, and like, that was yeah. like the closest I had to a college Yeah, experience. and I dropped out of college, and so like, it felt very much like Yeah, it was like three yeah. or, like a comedy college of like, because with UCB you could do improv this night, do put a sketch up this night, try yeah. and get in a show, you know, I got it freak dance, you know, and was just yeah, like doing yeah. all these shows and like, yeah, it's a, it was one of the great times of my life, that whole, yeah, the 2008 to 2011, <laughs> the lost years, you know, um, Yeah, but those were exciting, I remember thinking several times, like, during that time, like, oh my god, like, I need to remember how happy I am during all of this, like, even though, like, there were such severe ups and downs, and, like, I was, like, yeah, that was a time when I was, like, serial, just, like, dating so many people, uh -huh. and, like, experimenting sexually, and, like, things that I hadn't done before, and, like, What do you mean? What do I mean? Yeah, experimenting. Well, I mean, I just started, like, having sex with people, so, like, wasn't really experimenting. Okay. You don't mean, like, like, gals or whatever? No, that came later. Cool. But, like, not during, like, that time. But yeah, no, I just meet, well, because I like, I was brought up so conservatively, so that time was uh -huh. like, and I was always, I always had a boyfriend, and then when I didn't, <coughs> I was like, woo! Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, by not going out with me, you paved the way for a lot of, like, weird sex with people, and then maybe, you know, in the, in the show, like, you basically wrote the show that I did. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know that I didn't write your show. Uh, do you remember the drunk cage match that we did with Absolutely, James? Absolutely, I do. Yeah. Well, you remember the first one we did with John Daly? Yeah, I mean, technically, I don't remember either of them. You were blacked out? Yeah. Well, yeah. I was blacked out. I was not blacked out I was in the pretty first much one. Blacked I was blacked out. out in the second one. The first one, I took my clothes off. Right, yes. That's John right. Daly. Yeah was like, who wants to see Scott take his yeah, hands off? I was... I forgot about that, yeah. This was, uh... <clears throat> we went on very late. Because yeah. instead of the Facebook show, there was a, a, a surprise stage reading of Will Ferrell's George W. Bush show. That's right. That was, yeah. They were working on. Yeah. And it went oh, yeah, way late. I, and so instead of at yeah. 11, it, we and went on And I was so like drunk one. when I met him and I thought he was like an angel. Like Will Ferrell like grabbed <laughs> my face and, was, yeah. and I didn't realize he was like actually Will Ferrell. I almost didn't go on because I sat there backstage and I had a full bottle of Jameson. Yeah. And I yeah. drank the whole thing by myself. Oh my God. And, so I and you long, started drinking before then too. Right. I had started yeah. drinking at like eight o'clock. And so I was yeah. totally blacked out. Um, <laughs> Colton was like, don't let them do the show. He shows that they no longer do it, UCB. Yeah, yeah, don't let them do the show. Um, but they had me do the show. And someone videotaped the show. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. And so, like, they're, and they sent it to me. And it's like, uh, yeah, I'm totally blacked out. I can't speak, really. And I'm yeah. just like, oh, I can barely stand up. Will McLaughlin has to hold me up. And then John Daly's like, who wants to see this guy take his pants off? And so oh, I take my no. pants off. Yeah. And then I think, and I think I, I said, no, don't yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, and then I was doing it so oh much gosh. that John Daly then felt bad and was like trying to help me pull my pants yeah. back. Yeah. But we won. We won. Yeah. And so then we the had to come year, back. And yeah. so you and I and I took an Adderall as uh, well as drinking. And so it was very kind of, for me, it was like a dark thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there was a point, I think, where you ended up saying, 
that you had hooked up with each of us. James said that first. James said it. Yeah. And then someone asked, what I remember hearing is someone asked, who has a bigger dick? And right. you said, James does. But Scott is a better lover. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you remember this? Um, I I mean, I was blacked out. Right. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think I do remember. I do remember that happening. Like, I don't think that I actually knew who had a bigger dick. I don't yeah. know how better. And I like, don't... Uh, yeah, I can I think we all came away feeling pretty gross. About yeah, it. yeah. It was, and it, gross, was, it was a gross. It was a gross. But do you weird, remember? Like, we, energy. we tried to make it like positive beforehand. Like we met up beforehand. Yeah. Do you remember that? Like, yeah. like there's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Those times were interesting as far as relationships and love. And I think you know, I I had as many short termy kind of things as you probably did. You know, yeah, yeah. and there's a lot of gals uh, that I. And again, like all really amazing, great girls, women that like were just crushing, you know what I mean? And they continue to, like, yeah, they, yeah, you yeah. know, and I don't need to drop names, but just like, it was just, it's just cool, you know? Yeah, and yeah. like, it also was like kind of like a nerdy school too, where it was like, yeah, well, don't, I don't want to date within the community, which is, <laughs> it's like, uh, blow my brains out when you hear that phrase yeah, yeah, the yeah. community yeah like, give me a fucking break but yeah, anyways yeah. uh anyways i loved it i was like me too and, and yeah. I, i'll tell you when i started dating uh, one of my exes someone told her hey watch out for him he's a player He's like around UCB. He's known as a player, right? Which is like so high school, kinda, and just yeah. like because for me, I was like, I was trying to have this totally like bohemian time. I was trying to be like, let's right, be yeah. radical people here. Let's like yeah, yeah. do drugs. Let's see whoever we want to see, yeah, and just like go nuts and like and be artists and yada yada and fuck all the norm stuff and like and so for me, I was like, I'm gonna date whoever. Yeah. Why I, not? Yeah. You know? I didn't want to judge myself. Well, I mean, this I was 22, 23. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was a little older. I mean, I was like 27. Yeah. Yeah, but like I definitely was looking at everything through very um, uh, traditional eyes, even though I didn't think I was. Like, I don't think I... They had just gone for this long-term relationship. I think I like very much wanted to like logically like just be like, oh, I'm cool like sleeping around. Sure. But I hadn't like caught up to myself yet, and like I've, like really wasn't cool doing that. Yeah, well, it's like our conscious mind is like 12% of our thoughts, right? And like 88% <laughs> is just conditioning. And I think like because I think the same thing happens in relationships too, where you just yeah, you can think something or even realize something on a conscious level, but like your wiring and the deep emotional stuff that you have like dictates other things and like sure. you know I found that because first when I got into my my relationship the first gal that I was engaged to I, I had a lot a lot of jealousy mm. and I think it's because I that's interesting like being so bohemian well right and, and, I yeah. mean you know you're it's that whole like you're compensating for something. It's like when right, anti-gay yeah. pastors are gay. Yeah, yeah. They're like, I'm so bohemian. Yeah. Because inside I'm just this like, you know, little little boy monster. And uh, <laughs> and boy uh, monster, good I think it's because like I, I was in love when I was like 22, and she broke my heart, and then I was like, I'll never be in love again. 
Yeah. You know? And then I think I fell in love again. And just it all came pouring out. And I think you become possessed with these this conditioning you didn't know you had sometimes of like yeah. what you think love is you start recreating things you think it's you it's not necessarily you you start like getting really possessive I, I started getting really possessive really jealous and like it was it haunted me and it just possessed me for a long long time mm. and uh, it took a lot a lot of work to exercise those demons yeah in years and uh okay. yeah my friends have slacked me for parts oh, for like <laughs> he's like you always got the new answer you always got the <laughs> you know and it's fucking true and I can see how tiring it can be as a friend of mine but I think I'm trying you know I'm trying to like grow and I am looking for new things and new tools, and uh, it sucked being that jealous, you know? Yeah. It sucked drinking all the time and being hungover and, like, feeling lost and, you know, anxious all the time, and um, I'll always try to, like, expand and feel better. (laughs) Of course. Try to, like, help other people when I can, you know? Do you feel like you're closer to that, to feeling better, to being like where you want to be mentally and physically? I will. I'm not one to shy away from uh, hyperbole and uh, <laughs> grandiose statements, but uh, I feel like within the last. And so, whatever. I don't give a fuck. It sounds pretentious. <laughs> it's just who I am. Uh, I feel like I've arrived. That's good. Honestly, within the last even year, six months, I feel like. I have certain things have kind of crystallized for me as far as the work I do and my purpose in the world and uh, how I feel, you know, I'm not, because what happened to me and that was like, I finally was able to let go of what I thought my life should be, what I thought a career was and what I thought all these things should be. And now I can honestly say I just pretty much grateful for what I'm doing as I do it and that kind of shift of focus has unfolded many things to do you know it turns out that someone coming from that place there's plenty of work to be done for someone like that yeah there's not a lot of work for someone who's in their own fear fantasies trying to think about what should be the way it is and you know yeah and that's uh yeah, and a lot of it for me is, and sometimes Los Angeles is associated with that, you know? It's just sort of the, like, I don't know, like, it goes back to punk rock for me. It's just sort of, like, everyone's trying to be like, well, this is how you gotta do it, and this is what a career means, and you gotta have this formatted this and that, and, like, right, to yeah, look yeah. this and do that, and it's part of the business and the career, and it's like, any of those fuckers, they suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The people that are good just kind of fucking do what's in their soul and they fucking crush it and they don't worry about the rules and like I don't care where I end up or what level you know if I'm doing what's in my heart and I'm fucking working on it then I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and, and it feels really good and I'm, I'm really fortunate and my life is like really great right now and I don't live anywhere 
don't have any savings. I don't have anything. But that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm in Scotland. You know, we're yeah. talking. It's great. Sitting on this corner. I'm going to London after this to scout locations for the play I mm. direct. Then I'm going to France to act in a short film that I wrote with two directors that saw the dramatics. They saw it like you saw it. Yeah, yeah. You saw yeah. the movie. Um, they liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it too. They were happy I liked to it. Tell yeah. Me. I'm kidding. Uh, um, I was just trying to do a callback there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, act in that, and then I'll go around Europe for two weeks, then I go to New York. And I'm executive producing and acting in a feature film in New York. That's great. And then I, and then I don't know where I'm going. And yeah. I, I don't say that to say, look at me go. I just mean, like, I'm very lucky. And it's like, it's because I've kind of let go of... I think what I've learned is, like, you got to fucking see what's in your heart and put that first. And as cliche as it sounds, it's the fucking truth. And, yeah. like... That's what's unlocked some shit for me. It's like, I, I feel all right. And it's because I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Yeah, yeah. I'm just doing what I do, you know? And I love life, and I love what I'm doing. And it's okay. Yeah, yeah. And it's short. And it's great. And it's just like... <laughs> it breaks... It, it hurts my heart. When I see young people going after what we're, we think or thought we were trying to do, and we have this external perception and approach, and we listen, and we are so ready to feel bad about ourselves and feel wrong, when it's just like the best thing a young person can do is just close their eyes and ask themselves, like, who am I? Yeah. And don't answer the question. Let it just sort of. <laughs> materialize over time and just like take care of yourself yeah because I lived through I think a good 12 years in LA of 11 years of self-imposed poverty and struggle but I was hacking at it and that's yeah. you know like yeah. I hacked the fuck out of it and like I hacked through a jungle and so I kind of like I'm proud of what I am and you know no one asked me to do this no sure. one asked me to be the way I am people ask me to not be the way I am. <laughs> my family and friends <laughs> can you be less of that but like, I just fuck them you know yeah, yeah. like I gotta I don't know I'm grateful and I'm grateful to you and, uh, well thank you I'm yeah. grateful for you talking to me I love how you developed a touch of a Dublin Really? That's embarrassing. Do you not notice? Um, See, I even do it too. Do you not notice? <laughs> do you not notice? I can but hear... I like it. I'll pick it all up. <laughs> I can hear... Yeah, I can hear it in some words. Ours. Yeah, but I... Some, our, some of the words. Some of the words. Yeah. Some of the Irish hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's not... A, yeah. Yeah. It's happening. I don't mean for it to, ha for it to happen, but yeah. yeah. It's happening. Can I ask about you? Yeah. How's it going? <laughs> so you've been divorced. You've, you're in a new relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm good. I mean, I, 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 a lot of what you're yeah. saying resonates with me. Like, I definitely feel like I've, I'm in a place where I'm rejecting what I thought I wanted and what I thought success was and how now I'm, like, trying to cultivate my own career being like like doing exactly what I want to do 
and you know talking about my feelings and <laughs> interviewing people and doing other things in these shows and I really love being in Ireland and yeah I also don't know what the future holds and that's like an exciting yeah. freeing thing and it's doesn't it doesn't feel scary because there's a time when I felt very trapped and that felt really scary right like okay this is the rest of my life like that's horrifying <laughs> because I'm really not happy so but I guess I guess I just gotta suck it up um but thankfully I got out of that and now I'm like you know zeroing in on myself and I'm in a new relationship but I don't feel it's the first time I don't feel like defined in some way by that relationship that's cool. and I haven't changed myself in any way for the relationship and he's like the most progressive person I've ever been with which is funny because he's Irish and that's not what I would have expected but uh -huh. he's also European sure um, yeah that's awesome yeah I feel good but yeah I'm in a similar place where it's like uh, all these exciting things um, yeah and I really don't like the way that we keep tabs on each other in LA so it's nice to be out of that like everybody's so up in everybody else's progress because everybody's so worried about their own progress and how they're perceived that it's nice to be out of that for a little while maybe forever but even just for a little while is nice Yeah, you're doing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. I talk forever. Through all the... Love talking. <laughs> okay. Right, we'll stop it there. Okay, great. Thank you. That was really good. All right. That was my interview with Scott Rogers and a big thank you to Scott for being so kind and candid. I'm going to share a picture of us from the time of those Facebook messages. If you're curious, um, what, what that looked like on the, this feels terrible Instagram. So check that out. It's at this feels terrible before you go. Uh, I want to tell you about a movie that I think you should rent on iTunes this weekend. This is not a paid sponsorship. This is just a recommendation. On the Rocks is a comedy, dramedy, comedy drama written and directed by my friends Ariel Gardner and Alex Kowatsky. Uh They are awesome. They, uh, they directed the channel 101 show kill the baby that i was in and they're just super awesome and their movie is about two people who are in a relationship and are at two different life stages they're both alcoholics one of them's in treatment and one of the, them isn't and it's just really funny and sad and i'm just gonna i'm gonna play you a clip from that right now Oh, Karen, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm not in the mood to... Dallas. To, it's not... I'm just not... I'm tired. Okay. Tonight. It's a long day. You just gave me, like, five excuses why you don't want to have sex with me. It's fine. It's... If you gained 30 pounds, I probably wouldn't want to have sex with you either. Come on, let's... No, come on! No, what do you mean, come on? No. You had a hard day? Go to bed. That was Chase Fine and Nicole Bagby, who is so amazing. They're both so amazing in this. I was really, really impressed with Nicole, and she is my friend. Um, I think it's I think it's really important right now to support independent artists and films. 
especially right now when we have a president who wants to do away with the arts, <laughs> which I know I know isn't word for word what's happening, but it is. It's all happening, and we should support independent artists and things. So um, this guys made these guys made this movie with um, all of their own money, very little money. You can also find my um, my paintings in this movie. A couple couple big abstract paintings make it into the film. I also baked a cake, so check that out. Please go see On the Rocks on iTunes. And uh, that's it. You guys can email me. I'd love to hear any bad dating stories you have that you wouldn't mind me sharing on the show. I adore you. I appreciate you listening. And that's it. McGath Attack. Pros. Lowe's wants to help you keep working. That's why we're open for pro business hours 6 to 7 a.m. Monday through Saturday. You'll find the quantities you expect with dedicated pro associates and loaders to help you get what you need fast and load you up curbside. Now, more than ever, we know you need to win every single bid. You can count on Lowe's for special values on pro-trusted brands and savings when you buy in bulk. Save yourself a trip by shopping Lowe'sforpros.com, where we can ship thousands of items to your doorstep or to the job site. Lowe's is open and pro-ready.